Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and this is the show where we talk about truth and grace boldly. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, and you are listening to episode 101. Here we are in the mini-series on education, and today I'm going to be chatting with Kristen Hatton. This is Kristen's second time on Kindled, and I'm so comfortable with her that I uh, I fear I almost took over the conversation. <laughs> I just really enjoy chatting with her. Um, she's like an older sister to me kind of a feel, and I just really appreciate the wisdom that she has been able to share with me both on this show and also offline just in personal conversation. And so, yeah, I just feel so comfortable with her. So I'm sure that'll come across on the show. I apologize if it seems like I'm hogging it. I'm not trying to. I just get so amped up, I feel like, when we chat because we have, I don't know, good chemistry in our conversations. But um, before we get into that, I do want to let you know who is sponsoring this episode, and I'm doing these before the middle of the episode because these are shorter conversations, and that is my friend John Thomas of Precision Fitness KC. I actually went to high school with John, and so I've known him a long time. John is not just another guy who's going to tell you how to lose 20 pounds for a wedding but he actually coaches people to establish new habits. So if that New Year's resolution failed, it might be because you just didn't have the habits and a good plan to keep it going in a sustainable way. He's certified in exercise nutrition, so he knows what he's talking about. And my favorite thing about him is that he does not um, advocate for a high-intensity diet in order to make drastic, extreme changes, but he actually has more of an intuitive approach. So he works with you through an online platform where you fill out a survey, information about your goals, whether that's you want to run a marathon or just lose a few pounds or just establish some better habits in your everyday routine. He works with you as your coach and your nutrition planner. And there's this really unique format where you're actually adding habits every two weeks. So it's pretty cool. Schedule your free consultation for nutrition coaching and planning at precisionfitnesskc.com. Click on nutrition at the top and get on the phone with John today. Okay, now for my conversation with Kristen. So today on Kindled, I am chatting with Kristen Hatton. Kristen, this is your second time back on Kindled, so thanks for being here. Of course, I love talking to you anytime I can. <laughs> I'm really excited to chat with you because uh, you were someone that in my research and kind of preparation for this mini series indicated that you have kind of run the gamut with education situations and choices for your kids. And so, and given that you are putting your last kid through high school right now, correct? Yes, I've got two in high school, one's about to graduate and one's a sophomore and then a daughter in college. Okay. Yeah. You're just kind of, you know, you've crested the hill in a sense that a lot of us are like just beginning to climb and it feels so scary and so uncertain. And it's, 
I think helpful to talk to someone who's been there and understands and is like, you're going to be okay. (laughs) You know? So, yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear more about your story, but before we get into it, you know, of course, I'm, I'm sure I already noted this in the intro, but these discussions are not intended to be prescriptive in the sense that they tell anyone what they should do. That obviously we all understand, I hope, that the decision of how you choose to educate your children is something that is up to your discretion as a parent. There is not a one-size-fits-all answer in the Bible or that your friends or your pastor or anyone could really offer you. That's not what I believe. That's not what the guests who are going to be sharing their stories believe. It's really an elective kind of um, non-prescriptive decision that you have to make between your family and God. And so the purpose of these conversations is to help parents who are in that place of, of weighing options or kind of making those choices year to year hear what some others who have been down that road before have considered. What are the things that have been part of their decisions? What options were on the table for their family? What factors played into those decisions? Um, What were the fears or the lies they believed? And how did they combat those lies with truth? And and then how ultimately did they decide? And that's going to look really different for everybody, but that's kind of the heart behind these conversations because frankly, I you know, was telling you, Kristen, that we still don't know what we're doing with our oldest next year. We have a year until she starts kindergarten. So I've been researching and looking, of course, in my favorite podcast app for episodes or just conversations around these decisions. And there's really not a lot. There's just very sparse resources when it comes to hearing other people's stories and just kind of getting inside the mind of another parent, not to try and discern the the truth for myself, but to go, what, what is the truth? Like in terms of like education, what, where do I have freedom and, and where do I need to, you know, where do we draw the line? What is the line for us? And, and so um, I think it's helpful to kind of hear how other people have thought through that. And then to always point ourselves back to the truth that we do have freedom in Christ. So I'm so glad you're doing this episode because I do hear so many moms just so weighted down just by fear of of every decision, whether it's education or anything. So I think that this is really going to be a great podcast episode for you to just give some people some freedom. Yeah, I hope so. That's the goal anyway. So starting out, could you kind of just give us your, the synopsis, what choices have you made for your kids in regards to their education? So you can just tell us up front, like what you guys have done, and then we'll kind of get into the story. Okay. So when my daughter was starting kindergarten, I was in the same boat as you, like not knowing what's the right thing to do. At the time we lived in Texas and I wasn't so sure about the public schools where we lived. I am a product of public schools. And so initially that was my first thought. But I knew where we lived, like the public school system was probably not what I wanted to do beyond elementary school. So I didn't know if I should be looking at the private schools. And then there was a lot of homeschool families in our church. And so even though I didn't feel like that was the right thing for me, I felt a little bit, I don't know, shame that like I was a bad mom, that I was not even really considering that. And I think that, I don't know if other people really directly made me feel that way. But I think because so many people around me were doing that, that I was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Like, I think I would be, it would be terrible for me and my kid. 
So I was kind of embarrassed to even say that we were really looking at public school, but mm-hmm. public school is what we ended up doing. And it was great for the first couple years. And then people slowly started moving out kind of the, to the suburbs to a different school district. And so when my daughter started third grade, all of a sudden, like she didn't have any friends in her school mm-hmm. and in her class. And I just felt sad for her because she really just didn't have a friend group at all. And we were in a small church plant. And so that was, I mean, she had friends there, but it was also small. And so I just, at that point, we reconsidered and ended up moving her over to a Christian school. Mm -hmm. And that was great. And then when my second child, I mean, he started at that private Christian school. So he never did public school at that point. But then we moved to Oklahoma and the public school system is really good here. And so I knew that just with my husband being in ministry, that public was going to be more financially better for us. But it was still scary because we were coming to a new place and they were big schools. And at that point, I didn't know you know, the people I was praying for Christian friends for my kids. And, but that's what we've done all the way through here in Oklahoma is public school. And it's been great. But I, I will say that I think every kid is not necessarily, like you said, there's not a prescription. Like if at any point I felt like one of my kids needed to Mm -hmm. switch but that's okay. And I've seen families do that. I've seen families that have one in private school and one in public school, or maybe they pull out and they do some public, some homeschooling. So I really am a firm believer that even though we are a public school family and I totally support our public schools here, I don't think that it's an across the board thing for every family and even for individual kids. Okay. Yeah. So you felt like it was a decision with your oldest daughter. It felt like, okay, we have to make this decision. It was kind of, it wasn't just like an an automatic default. Like, well, yeah, we know what we're doing. You, You felt like there was a decision to be made. There was a decision. Yes. And even like when we switched to a Christian school, like the decision was there again, because there was multiple private schools to pick from. So a couple of times I kind of felt that like crisis, like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Right. Okay. And so bring us back to when you were making that choice. What were some of the things that you were afraid of? What were the concerns that you had? Things that were playing into that decision? I mean, it's just fearful sending your kid to school anyway, because you don't know, you know, who they're going to be around, what their teacher's going to be like, the influences. And I think especially, I mean, just more and more today, and as they get older, I think at the youngest level at the beginning, no matter what, where they are, I mean, a kindergarten classroom and a first grade classroom, I mean, I'm just thinking about ours in our public school. I mean, it's just so sweet. And the teachers are just have been wonderful and there's bean bags and the color in the classrooms are brightly colored and stuff. But as they get older, and so like when you're making that decision thinking long term and you're thinking, okay, it might be fine, you know, right now when they're younger, but what what who are they going to bump up against and what's it going to be like? And is this the path that we're going to go down? And especially knowing that I wanted my kids to have gospel foundation and that by choosing public school, I knew that obviously that's not going to be something that is coming from school. And so what was that going to mean in our family? How important is it that we then lay the foundation and be talking about things so that we could maybe counterbalance things that they're hearing or learning? Yeah. 
So as your kids did get older, did you have any kids in public school at the middle school age? I did. Yes. In fact, that's for middle school age and high school, we've only done public school. Okay. So tell me about what that actually ended up being like for you guys, because that's that, at least with the women that I know who are around my age, who are kind of weighing, you know, okay, well, yeah, we're going to start in kindergarten, but we may switch in middle school because everybody has those, you know, we hear, oh, like kids and kids, eight-year-olds are smoking now. And it's like, what? Like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when they're 11? You know, I mean, we hear those things and they can really bring up a lot of fears depending on what our own experience was or wasn't. And so I would love to know like what that actually looked like for you guys. Yeah, I think the key is being an involved and aware parent. There's definitely been some things that we've encountered that feel scary. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, vapes are huge at the middle school level. But then at the same time, my friends who have kids at the Christian private school are dealing with the exact same thing. (laughs) And so that's where we have to go back to- Just please explain to me why those are attractive in the first place. I don't understand. I don't get it. I know. I know. Hopefully by the time your girls are there, that's everybody's going to understand how terrible it is for your health. But there's always something, you know, and that's the thing. There's always something. And so that's why, I mean, I just go back to it's, it's really what's going on in the heart mm-hmm. and talking about those things. And so thankfully with our kids, we've had a very open relationship. And so when conversations have, if they've heard things in the hallways or in the classroom, we've talked about them at home yeah. and we were able to deal with it. And I really feel like it's, it's prepared them because we're dealing not with, I mean, they are encountering things where it's like. I think I told you when my husband was a college minister, we saw a lot of kids come into our, the school where we were at and they had been very sheltered Mm -hmm. and they went crazy. And I know that that can happen. I mean, I know that, you know, kids, no matter what their school background is, can go crazy or whatever, or they can turn out great. So that's why I think it still goes back so much to what we're doing at home. Mm -hmm. But I feel like my kids, because we've, they've encountered things, they've encountered gender issues, they've encountered terrible language, pornography, sexual intimacy, not them personally, but like friends yeah. Yeah. engaging in that, drinking. And I, I know that probably scares moms that have such little ones, but it is everywhere. It's not yeah. just the public school. It is everywhere. Right. right. So one We're reason talking about really, sin. Talking about sin. You know, it's like sin is in the world. And I think that is something that we forget. I'm not forget. I guess I just like, I block out that reality of like that. Yeah. Life is coming, you know, outside of school and just kind of think like the only, it's just all within the school system. No, it's just, it's everywhere, but that's a hard line to walk as a parent knowing, well, yes, but like I am supposed to guard my children's hearts and minds. I'm there. I'm a steward of them. And so can, you know, I think that's where a lot of us get hung up is like, am am I being a good steward if I just knowingly send them into the fray in a sense? Like, and I'm not saying that's the reality, but those are the real thoughts and questions that come up in my mind. Yeah. Well, this is what I'll say to it. I think sometimes parents are naive and they think I'm going to send them to the Christian private school so we don't have to deal with this. And those kids, a lot of times are very sneaky because- Oh yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. I was one. (laughs) But I feel like I am stewarding my children's hearts because 
yes, they're encountering these things, but we're also dealing with it and talking through it. And so now, like when my daughter has gone off to college, like we've already had these conversations. She has such a firm foundation that it's not new and like, oh my gosh, I'm going to run off and go be crazy because we've already, she's already seen people make these different choices and we've talked about it and we're, and she's rooted in the gospel and, and understands idolatry and why people turn to certain things looking for acceptance or affirmation and worth and trying to find life in partying or whatever it is. And so I personally would rather have it be more open and let's talk honestly about what's going on than the hiddenness that is in a Christian school a lot of times where people, and again, I'm not saying this is everyone, but I have seen a lot of parents that have their head in the sand and they think, oh, these are good kids. Yes. yes. That's why, that's kind of why. It's not the only reason, but it is one reason why you would consider or or think of it as worth $10,000 a year per kid to send your, your child to a private school because you're like, the families there care about their children's spirituality. They're willing to invest. It's going to kind of get me a different caliber of individual, of student, of family. And so, I mean... It's just a reality that that is kind of part of the draw is you think like, we're going to have higher quality people. We're going to have people that aren't, you know, just ignoring their children and letting them party in the basement every night or whatever, you know, like, you know what, it's interesting because that is true. However, what I've also seen is that a lot of families want to send their kids there and rely on that being their, their kids' spiritual upbringing because maybe it's a broken home and maybe they don't go to church, but they want their kid to be exposed somewhat. And so I've actually seen a lot of people that you wouldn't expect do private school, Christian school, just wanting to kind of dole their kids off and let's let the school educate them in their Christian upbringing. Whereas then on the other hand, at public school, and we have lots and lots of Christians in our public school, so it's never been a problem. And this is one reason I like a big school is because I feel like there are plenty of people for everybody to find their place. And so my kids have always had Christian friends in their public school, but I feel like a lot of those Christian parents are very on top of it and paying attention because because of all the reasons that why someone wouldn't go to public school. And so those Christians are more aware, I guess. And, yeah. And yeah. diligently shepherding their kids, knowing that they're not going to get this at school and we're, we're um, swimming upstream, so to speak. Yeah. And so we need to be more diligent. Whereas I think sometimes the Christian private school parents tend to kind of think, oh, the school's dealing with that and everything's fine. Right. Yeah. Or like there's the, the kids also, because they have less of a, and I can speak to this just from my own personal experience, like because you are in an environment where you are being taught the Bible, you are learning things from a Christian worldview, it's almost like spotlight or the magnifying glass is kind of off of you in a sense, because like you're kind of, you know, you're under the radar, like you're, you're, you know, you're assumed or we're kind of presuming that, you know, everyone here kind of believes the same thing or agrees. And I mean, Kids haven't, there, there's a few probably that are uh, like pushing back against some of the, what they're being taught, but most of them kind of fall in and believe and they're like, yeah, you know, this sounds good. And, you know, then in college, of course, then a lot of people go whatever direction, but there, there can be that feeling of like, I, I'm kind of covered. I'm good. I go to a Christian school. I'm a Christian. And then 
your actions are kind of less noticed, less seen. And, and I don't, I'm, I'm not saying this is everybody. This is just what I experienced. And I also really loved my private school experience. So it's like, I'm saying this at the same time of saying I very much valued that I was taught a biblical worldview and it has made me so much more aware of other belief systems. Like leaving high school, I understood what it meant to take the roof off of someone's presuppositions about the world and and to remove the roof of their presuppositions so that they had to feel the rain coming in and go, oh, this doesn't hold up. So I'm not, I'm not trying to like dog on private school, but that's, they're just, there's pros and cons to each. And so it's like you you have to realize what you're going to be walking into as the parent, no matter what you're choosing, being aware of some of those pitfalls. Like, okay, I shouldn't trust that every kid my child encounters here is like, is trustworthy. Or I shouldn't believe right. that just because my daughter is going to this private school and is riding in a car with friends to attract me that she's not going to get into some kind of mischief right? It's like, those are the types of things that I think we, we might be more aware of in, in, in a different environment where we feel like we're not safe, but when we feel safe, we let our guards down. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And then of course, you know, you have to consider like sometimes depending on your kids, just academic needs, or if they have special needs, sometimes the public school is able to offer more in the way of free services than a private school. But then on the flip side, Sometimes a smaller environment just is better. Like my um, senior in college, I mean, senior in high school son right now, like he is looking at private colleges because I think that for him, a smaller environment will be better. So, you know, I don't think a, a huge state school is going to be best for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So I think that the main thing really is like, we can't be outside of God's will. And I think so often we just feel just this fear and pressure that, oh my gosh, we're going to mess up and we're going to mess up our kids. But the thing is, I mean, my husband has always just talked about walking forward in where God is directing and Mm -hmm. he will redirect you if that's what's supposed to happen. And so just trusting that, okay, we're going to just walk forward in this, whatever the decision is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So say we decide, okay, we're going to do public school like we did when our daughter was in kindergarten and then God redirected us. Mm -hmm. And so we switched over to private school and that was totally fine. Like it, you know, I mean, yes, it was a little inconvenient. And I mean, there's some things that, okay, she had to start over and meet some new people, but, mm-hmm. but ultimately God's not gonna, I mean, he's with you in this and yeah. he's directing your steps. And so it's okay to make a decision and then rerouting. Yeah. That's really good. That's so important to be reminded of because that is where the fears, those normal thoughts or, or considerations are kind of things that you go, wait, but what about this? What about this? What about that? Those can just go from like thoughts that you work through to overpowering, controlling, debilitating fears about your child's future. And you start to believe like everything rests on my decision and what I choose. And (laughs) as though we are that powerful or that in control, either way that we are thinking we're going to choose to protect our children or to create or make them into who we think they should be. I mean, we know our parents didn't have that kind of power over us. Like, right. I mean, whether better or worse, God has had his way and he will continue to in our children's lives. And he is sovereign. Like you said, we can't be outside of his will. If our heart is to glorify him, like you're not going to find yourself. Like my husband always says, it's not a bullseye. 
It's not like, it's not a target. God's will is not this bullseye. You're like searching in the dark, like, God, please show me your will. Show me your will. Where is it, Jesus? Like point me to the right exact, like X marks the spot, the one spot I can be where I'm in your will. No, like that is not how it works. And he's, he's after our hearts. And so that's why there can be so many different ways to go about something like education. And we can all be honestly glorifying God with that decision when we are putting him first and submitting to him in that and not making it like, this is about me being the best parent, you know? (laughs) Yes. And I think that's so important that you said that because I think it's very easy to whatever our choice is to look down on parents who have made a different choice, but Mm -hmm. exactly what you just said is why we can't because every, if we're following God's will for us, which, you know, we're just walking in the path that he puts for us, then what my decision is best for my children and our family is not necessarily what's best for your family. And so there's no pride in that. I can't say that, Oh, well, you're doing this. So you're a bad mom or whatever, or I'm better than you because I'm doing this, you know, that eliminates that right there. Yeah. What scripture did you, did you kind of turn to for comfort or direction in that decision-making process? Well, kind of just along the lines of what we're talking about, just Proverbs 16, nine says the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord uh, establishes his steps. Mm. And so just trusting that, you know, I can make plans like we did, you know, we're like, okay, we're going to do this. And then God directs us another way. And just knowing that he goes before us and he knows better than I do what is best for my kids. And even I just heard this quote the other day. It's, she said, anything that makes me need God is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so I know that we want to protect and bubble wrap our kids and keep them, you know, away from everything that is hard. But Mm -hmm. I mean, no matter what we choose, there's going to be pros and cons and there's going to be things that our kids are going to encounter. So just trusting that God is not leaving us. I mean, he is in this with us and he's for us. And and sometimes he allows these challenging things um, where we maybe need to redirect or we have to address issues that we thought, oh my gosh, I never thought I'd have to deal with this. Right. It's such an early age with my child. Mm-hmm. When you said that, just there with the neat, the the quote about like needing him, I was just reading the storybook Bible to my girls this morning, and there was the story about Jesus choosing his disciples, and and it was like, what kind of people do you think Jesus needed some followers? He needed some some friends to help him. What kind of people do you think he chose? Do you think he chose the rich people or the smart people or the really well liked and popular people? He was like, no, he chose people that needed him. And the fishermen, you know, like the lowly of society, the ones who were not in the front and center, the ones who were not necessarily well-educated or well-connected, like the things that we hope for our children a lot of times and, and work so hard to get them to these positions of being best possible scenario. Not that that's wrong, not that we shouldn't desire for them to be successful or anything like that, but Jesus wants us to need him. And so do you need him? And are you choosing public school? Great. Do you need him and you're choosing private school? Great. Like, are you, are you in a position of need instead of a position of pride and self-sufficiency? Because either decision, I think we can make that way and it would be wrong, you know? Right. I think so too. So, I mean, it really just goes down to, I think, evaluating our heart on why we're making a certain decision. I mean, we might choose private school because, of pride or homeschool because of pride, or we may, you know, because we think that 
They have to have the absolute best, you know, education that money can buy. Whatever it is, we just need to evaluate our heart. And we also need to be prepared to enter in and be engaged so that we are knowing no matter as safe as we think they might be in a Christian school or as, you know, exposed as they are in a public school, we need to be paying attention and we need to be having these conversations that go deeper than the behavior that our kids might encounter. Yeah, that's really good. That I, yeah, I think that answers my last question of what advice would you want to give to parents weighing these choices today? But is there any final words that you'd want to say to someone making this choice or me? (laughs) (laughs) I just want moms to feel that freedom. I mean, just like what we've been talking about that, that you can't, you're not going to mess up. Like Mm -hmm. God is with you and that it feels so big. I know it does. And it feels really scary, you know, when you first send your, your kid off, but, but he's with them Mm -hmm. and he loves us and he's for us. And so just giving us, giving moms the freedom to be like, okay, I'm just going to move forward. I don't have to be paralyzed Mm -hmm. with this and I don't have to do what everybody else is doing. I need to do what God is putting on our heart, on my heart. And like I said, you know, I felt like for a little while, I felt such shame because I wasn't looking at homeschool as an option, Mm -hmm. but we all, I mean, just to know that, that you're not making a wrong decision and Mm -hmm. that there's just freedom in that. Yeah. So good. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks for sharing your story and sharing your wisdom with the listeners. Sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, guys. If you want to continue to have some conversations around these interviews, come find me on Instagram at HaleyWilliams.Kindled. And I'm in stories discussing it kind of every day in some way, shape, or form. Or I have lots of posts where people are kind of having conversations about it. So the other thing is that I have resources linked on my website at KindledPodcast.com. And in the education mini series post, you will find um, a lot of articles and information about all three of these models. Some of those were compiled originally by Risen Motherhood, and I'm including their lists. And I've also added a few resources of my own. So I think that will be a great place for you to go if you want to continue your reading online and your research there. That's available to you at kindledpodcast.com. Lastly, leave a review of the podcast if you haven't done that yet. You guys know that that is how podcasts get found and other women find the freedom that they have in Christ through practical everyday discussions like this one that we are having. Uh, Next week, you can look forward to the final two interviews with Karen Burley, who will be talking about private school, and Rebecca Hargraves, who is sharing her experience as a homeschooler and a homeschooling mom. So we get really deep into our own experiences as homeschoolers now that we are adults and kind of give you that different perspective as well, since we can speak to it as, you know, people who went through that kind of a format. So both of those are great interviews. I think you're going to just be encouraged all the more to hear what those ladies have to say. So make sure and come find us on Instagram and then tune in next week for the final two interviews of the education miniseries. All right. Have a great weekend, guys.